lights when everybody was up here, you know, just graduating. And I was just thinking of all the opportunities, not only that they have, but we have to shine light every day. Lights. If there's ever a time this world needed lights, it's now. Because there's a lot of darkness swirling and, and Jesus has raised us up in this world to be lights wherever we go. And our light doesn't shut off. <laughs> it keeps burning and it keeps burning and it keeps burning and it keeps burning. And, and we should never hide it uh, as the old song. We should never hide it under a bushel. We should never hide it under a basket. It should always be shining. We should never change the message. We should never change what's coming out of our mouth. We should never change how we act and who we are because of the audience we're in front of. So whether we're going from work to the grocery store, to an event, to church, to hanging out at somebody's house, our light should still be burning. We should never hide the fact that the Holy Spirit is in us and what's coming out of us is truth. And you heard the word come forth today and, it, and she literally said that God was pouring forth oil. And if you understand in the Old Testament, the oil was not just to anoint people and pour it over their heads. In fact, it says that Aaron, there was so much oil poured on Aaron's head that it went down and it saturated his whole garment. And it was literally dripping off his garment. But oil was also used in the lampstand in the tabernacle of Moses in the holy place. There was a lampstand there, there was a table of showbread, and there was an altar of incense and in order for this lamp to keep burning, it had to be continuously filled with oil. And God gave him a command, and he said, I want this oil to be burning 24-7, 365 days a year. I don't, I don't want this light to ever go out. So now, he has moved on the inside of us. He's not interested in moving in tabernacles made with man's hands. He's interested in moving in a tabernacle made by him. <laughs> it's interesting because the tabernacle of Moses... The outer part of it was literally animal skins. And there's some debate on what type of animal it was, but it was animal skins. And if you were to go up onto the tabernacle of Moses and look at it, you'd be like, what's the big deal? It's just a, just a building made of skins. But if you go into the holy place, you see, see it's called a lampstand and a table of showbread and an altar of incense. And if you go into the most holy place, you see the Ark of the Covenant, which the presence of God hovered over. Isn't it interesting, the tabernacle of Moses was something that was not, wasn't really sightly. And we, as children of God, if you were to look at us on the outside, you would say, well, they're just an average person. But little do people know that we have a treasure on the inside of us. And we have a fire burning on the inside of us. And God is asking the church, will you let the fire out? Will, let, will you let me burn in you? Will you let me burn through you? Will you allow me to light up your life and to be a light to somebody that needs to see. It's interesting because Jesus, when he literally was in the tabernacle, and what's crazy is this word came forth about, about the oil, and it also talked about mercy. And there was a time where the religious leaders of the day brought a, brought a woman in front of Jesus, and they said, listen, we just caught this woman committing adultery. We just caught this woman fornicating. We actually caught her. It's not a rumor. <laughs> We caught her and we saw her, and they bring her to Jesus. And Jesus defends this woman. And he says, anybody out there that has never sinned, you cast the first stone. And he wrote something in the, in the dirt, and then he wrote something else in the dirt. And it says, one by one, the oldest to the youngest, 
walked away. And Jesus stood there, and it was just Jesus and the woman. His mercy was poured forth on this woman. His mercy. When everybody else wanted to judge, and everybody else wanted to stone her, and everybody else wanted her life to be over, Jesus said, no, your life is just beginning. The church is called to pour forth mercy. The church is called to pour forth grace, not condemnation, not judgment. Judgment's God's job. We are born and live and move and have this flame in us to love people, to love people, to be a light. So he forgives this woman, and it says, the space that he's in, I want you to hear this, you gotta hear this. The space that he's in is actually where the treasury is. It's a court. And listen to me now. You have to understand this. This is the eighth day of the Feast of Tabernacles. You have come to the eighth day. The seventh day, they had candelabras. They, they, they suggested there's four. Some, some scholars want to say there was only one. But these candelabras, these lampstands are burning. Listen to me. Are burning on the seventh day. And you know what they do on the eighth day? They blow them out. They extinguish them. And Jesus stepped forth on the eighth day in the tabernacle, in the temple. After the lampstand had gone on, after the light had gone out, he said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. This natural light is not going to do. I am the light of the world. The timing of the things that he did were impeccable. His crucifixion coming at an opportune time. Everything that he did and everything that happened happened according to the Old Testament feast. He was literally on time doing everything he needed to do to fulfill, fulfill all righteousness. And he stood in that space, in that court, in that treasury, and he said, I am the light of the world, and I'm never going to stop burning, and I'm never going to stop burning in you. And if there's ever a time we need light, it's now. With darkness all around, we need the revelation of who Jesus is to permeate the earth. You are light barriers. You carry the light. You carry the truth. You carry the knowledge of God. And he asks us to, to spread it everywhere we go. Is everybody breathing? Permeating the earth. We are light bearers. Jesus came in the world to dispel darkness. He came as a light. He came to break apart the old covenant and to usher in the new. And you want to talk about having to come with a hammer and break, break some hard stone apart? Jesus came with that hammer. He came with that word. He came with that anointing and took that old covenant and replaced it with the new. What a battle, what a battle, what a battle, what a battle. And he won. He won the war. He won the war. Now we move in freedom and we move in the spirit because of what he did on the cross. And now we've come into the New Testament. Now we've come into the new covenant. And the old covenant has passed. He fulfilled it all. He came to light the way back into the presence of the Father. He wants to set everyone ablaze who comes to him to shine in a dark world, to burn for him. The good news, <laughs> the good news is light wins. Light wins. Are you breathing today? Light wins. Listen to me. Darkness does not win. I want to talk to you about some things about darkness. I want to talk to you about some things about uh, concerning darkness. So in science, they teach that darkness is just the absence of light. You've got to hear this. Darkness does not have an independent existence. It can't be quantified, it can't be measured, and it doesn't have speed like light. It can't be produced 
like light. It is just the simply, it is just simply the absence of light. Darkness does not have an identity. It is empty. It's a vacuum. It's what happens, now you got to hear this, it's what happens when light walks out of the room. I want you to understand something. You may not know it, but there's times where you're walking into spaces, walking into rooms, discussing things with people, being in front of people, and they may not understand exactly what's going on, but your light is shining, and your light is permeating that atmosphere, and you are bringing the light, the torch of God as a light bearer into that space. Ah. And as the church comes into spaces, we are the ones that are changing the atmosphere. It is not the darkness that is changing the atmosphere. It's the light. Because when the light comes, the darkness has to go. It's not the opposite. It's not the opposite. We can't get it twisted. It's not the opposite. So my question is, what are we afraid of? Why, are, why is there a space that we're afraid to go in? Why are we afraid of darkness? Why are we afraid of the spaces? If we are light bearers and when we go there, the darkness has to flee, what are we afraid of? We're going in the name of Jesus. We're going in the authority of him. It's not our own authority. Moving into spaces where people need, huh, need light. Uh, how about this one? Darkness is not an equal opposite of light. Light is in a class all by itself. That's why it says God is light. God is light. It literally says there is no variation or shadowy shadow of turning in God. Wherever God goes, he doesn't even have a shadow. There's just too much light. There's too much light. Electricity. Electricity. Uh, that's why it says God is light. When the light comes, darkness has to flee. So, Genesis 1. Genesis 1. You know, I started out this studying this, and I'm like, well, this is going to be easy. Then we're going to have this nice little package, three or four point thing. I ended up with 22 pages of notes. Listen, this is who God is. If we will, if we will present ourselves in his presence, he will pour and pour and pour and pour and pour and pour. And I cut it down to 11 pages, and we're probably going to get to a page and a half or two. But that's who he is. He's overflowing. He's overflowing. And when you connect with the source, your life will overflow naturally, <laughs> but supernaturally. Listen to what it says in Genesis 1. And again, this is what you have to understand about the word. I've been doing this for 25 years now and studying for 25 years now. And for whatever reason, this escaped me. And this is what is so much fun about opening the word of God and studying the word of God. Because God will open up and unveil a portion of scripture or just a single scripture, a paragraph of scripture, and tie something that you've never, ever seen before, and your heart leaps out of your chest because you know God is talking to you. Uh, how about this? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth, earth was without form. Come on now. Listen to what I taught you about darkness. It was void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said these words, let there be light. He was already talking about it within the first few scriptures of the Bible. <laughs> let there be light. Let there be light. Wherever you go, let there be light. Whatever dark situation you have presented in front of you, let there be light. 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 
let there be light. Uh, that's fun to say. Let there be light. That kind of rolls off your tongue, doesn't it? Let there be light. Let there be light. And there was light. Why? Because everything that God says will come to pass, his word will not come back void. When it comes out of his mouth, it's going to accomplish that thing which he sent. It may take a year. It may take five years. It may take a thousand years. It may take 5,000 years. It may take 7,000 years. But whatever comes out of God's mouth, it's going to come to pass. And when he stands up there and he says, let there be light, guess what? Light's coming. And when he says, you are healed by my stripes, guess what? Healing's coming. Come on. Let there be light. <laughs> there was light. And God saw the light. And what does he say? It's good. It's good. <laughs> this, light, this light is good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. This is what I didn't see. So God's like, keep on reading. Keep on reading. I go to the fourth day. And you know what it says on the fourth day? God created the sun and the moon and the stars. And I'm like, hold on. I thought on the first day, he said, let there be light. So on the fourth day, why is he talking about creating the sun and creating the stars? I'm going to tell you something right now. When he said, let there be light, his glory filled earth. I'm telling you right now, because you read Revelation 21 and 22, and what's it say? When this thing comes to an end and there's a new heaven and the earth, it says there is no need for a sun. There's no need for a moon. There's no need for stars because the presence of God Almighty and the glory of God are going to be the light. Lights in a class all by itself. And light wins. Light wins. <laughs> ah, Revelation 21. And we're going to start here in verse 22. And we are going to do this in the amount of time that's allotted. <laughs> hey, listen to me. God doesn't need two hours. All God, all God needs to do is give us one punch. All, all God needs to do is speak a word to us. It doesn't have to be a thousand words. All God has to say is a couple things, and maybe it's let there be light. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what we leave with. Let there be light. Let there be light in my life. Let there be light in my family. Let there be light in my workplace. Let there be light everywhere I go. Let there be light. When I'm walking into a place, let there be light. It's all because of Jesus. All we, again, we say this, but all we are are conduits. All we are is a pipe the Holy Spirit is running through. Nobody in here is something special. <laughs> he is. <laughs> uh oh. How do you like that one? All right. Revelation 21. Remember in verse 1, it talks about this state. This is the end of the story. <laughs> Listen, isn't it cool? Like, I know sometimes we fret because we want all our ducks in a row and we want to know what's going to happen tomorrow. We want to know what's going to happen next year or 10 years from now or whatever. Hey, the, the end of the story is written. The end of the story is written. There is a new heaven and new earth when it's all said and done, when all the eschatological stuff all comes to pass. There's one thing left, and it says that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And this, after that, we'll go to verse 22. This is what it says. But I saw no temple in it. Speaking of the new Jerusalem that comes down, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God illuminated it. 
God's will is for the glory of God to absolutely permeate and saturate the earth. And when that happens, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And all there's going to be is glory. Glory, 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 glory. And my thought is God's going to keep breaking through and breaking through and breaking through with the knowledge of the glory of his glory in the earth, and we're going to see things that we would never, ever, ever imagine in a thousand years that we would see on this earth. And I'm not talking about bad things necessarily. I'm talking about some incredibly awesome things. Miracles, signs, wonders. The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. Nations. This thing's not going to be done in a corner. Nations. I'm trying to get a cough drop out of here. Okay, there we go. <clears throat> nations. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. Ah. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. No more night. No more darkness. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall be no means enter it. Anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. But only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Aren't you glad? Sounds like Pastor Don. Aren't you glad? Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Listen, if you're in here today and you, and, uh, listen, if you're in here today, come to him. Come to him, cry out to him and say, Jesus, I need you, I want you, I need you, I want you. He's the one that opens up your eyes. So if you're in here today and your eyes are starting to be open, and maybe it's just a little sliver, but you're starting to see some light, then cry out to him, cry out to him, cry out to him, cry out to him. The Lamb's Book of Life. Then you, this branches right into Revelation 22 here. We're ending up here. Revelation 22, this is what it says. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. And if you're sitting here, <laughs> if you're sitting here looking at this going, I don't understand that. Listen, John was on the island of Patmos as a prisoner, and the Spirit of God comes to him and literally takes back this curtain called the world or whatever, the universe or physical, that stuff, and just goes, Vroom! And he goes, now, what you're seeing is spiritual stuff. Spiritual stuff. What you're seeing, it's not natural, it's spiritual. Why? Because it says, John was in the spirit on the day of the Lord. So when you're reading this and you're like, oh man, what in the world is this? What, what? He literally is in the spirit trying to explain spiritual things in our language. Can you imagine? A whole new dimension gets opened up and you're like, what in the world is this? And God starts speaking to you and you're seeing all this stuff and you're like, oh, trying to write it down. Can you imagine? That's what happened. But when you're in the spirit, <laughs> when you're in the spirit, these spiritual things will jump off the page and they'll hit you and you'll begin to understand them. If you try to read this naturally, it looks like a bunch of stuff. But spiritually speaking, if you get in there and you let it permeate you, Say law, think on these things. God will begin to open up things in these books that you never saw before. And you know it's the Spirit of God because we're not that smart. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not that smart. We are really not that smart. 
clear as crystal proceeded from the throne of God and the Lamb. In the middle of its streets and on the... I'm going through puberty. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each fruit yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be lots lots of stuff, lots of talk here about nations, 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 nations. Nations, huh? The leaves of the tree were for the healings of the nations, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Ah, they shall see his face. Do you know it says that literally the glory of God is revealed in the face of Jesus? That's why we talk about these, like, keep, your, <laughs> keep your eyes on Jesus, keep your focus on Jesus, keep your, keep your gaze on Jesus. There's a reason why we talk about these things, because the glory of God is revealed in the face of Christ. In the face of Jesus, literally the knowledge of God, boom, right there, in his face, in his face. They shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no more night there. They need no lamp or light of the sun for the Lord God gives them light. End of the story, folks. And they shall reign forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. (laughs) I said, we are the champions forever and ever and ever that is the end of the story that's why you can wake up every day and walk in victory you can put your head on your pillow at night and live in victory i do not care what is going on around you what your circumstances are screaming at you in the end they shall reign forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and god's just like get on the bandwagon he's like get on the train get on the train there's no variation or shadow of turning. He's the father of lights. How about that one? <laughs> He's the father of lights. He's not just the father of the stars and the moon and the sun. He's your father. He's the father of lights. He's the father of the light bearers. He lit you up. If you received him today, if you received his spirit today, Moses, after he spoke with God on the mountain, comes down, and it literally says, his face is shining. I, this is one of those things, I was like, I want to look up the word shining. So I looked up the word shining. You know what the word shining is? Moses didn't come down all happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, look at Moses. His countenance has changed. Looks like he's kind of blushing a little bit. No, no, no. So shining, you know what it means? It means there are literally beams or rays coming forth from Moses' face to the point where the children of Israel said, this is scary. He comes down off the mountain and people are like, what in the world is happening? Moses' face has beams of light coming from it just because he was face to face with the king of kings, the Lord of lords, God Almighty comes down off there and he had to speak with them with a veil over his face because they couldn't take the glory. But we, with unveiled face, looking in the mirror, come on now, receiving that glory. We don't walk around with veils on our faces anymore. We don't walk around with veils on our faces anymore. We walk open and freely in liberty and we let the fire out. We let the light out. We let it out. We let it out. We're not trying to conceal it. We're not trying to put it under a basket. In fact, God's going to take the church and he's going to put it on a lampstand. He's going to put it up. He's going to put it up and we're going to be a city on a hill and the nations will run to that hill because there's light. Listen, when the darkness gets thick enough, they're going to run to the light. 
When things get bad enough, they're going to run to the light. Are there some that are going to reject it? Are there some that are going to say, I don't want anything to do with them or what they're talking about or the church? Or There's going to be some. But this tells me that the nations, God's going to receive the nations. Because why? They're hungry for light. They're hungry for light. The worshipers can come up. Man, oh man, oh man. I'm going to read one more thing. We're done. Is everybody breathing? I want to give you something practical because, you know, it's, it's all fine and dandy to say, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're lit up. We're, we're set ablaze. There, there are some practical things that God asks us, asks of us for our light to actually be real, <laughs> to be present, to be something. And we find this, we, fi- we find it a lot of places, but we find this in Philippians 2. 1 through 18, and I just want to read through this real quick, and then we're done. But I want you to take some things here and glean, because there's one, there's one principle in this, and that is simply dying daily. It literally is selflessness. It's literally putting other people in front of yourself. But listen to this now. It says, therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy. This is Paul speaking. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Listen now. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Selfishness, selfishness. But in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you take out, not only for his, look out, not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Do you see, do you see a thread here? And then he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, a servant, coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance of a man. He humbled, listen to these words, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him. One of the things we have to understand is... This idea of being humble, this idea of being bowed down, this, uh, being, this idea of being a servant to all. You know what he did with him? He took him in that place and he said, I'm going to lift you up higher. I'm going to lift you up higher so more people can see me and you. Do you hear that? So when I'm talking about this city that God's going to put up on this hill for the world to look and the nations are going to rush into it because of the light, has everything to do with this. Has everything to do with this. You know, the Holy Spirit can be quenched. Do you know what the word quenched it means? It means extinguished. So nothing extinguishes or quenches the Holy Spirit faster than pride. Nothing quenches it faster than me putting myself in front of somebody else. Nothing quenches it faster. He made himself of no reputation. Therefore, God also highly exalted him. How about this? gave him a name which is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, we're finishing here. As you have always obeyed, obedience, he's slipping that in there. Not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, 
that you may become blameless and harmless children of God. Without, ah, come on now, this is where we're in. Without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Boy, I love it when scripture comes right down in 2023, July of 2023, as we sit here and it hits us right where we're at in this wicked, dark, perverse generation. Without fault in the midst of a crooked, perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. And I want you to remember that God is an all-consuming fire. I know sometimes we think about lights as, and we come in here and we flip on light switches, and you have this electricity that illuminates these bulbs. But when they're talking about fire, before electricity was ever made, they're talk, when they're talking about light, they're talking about fire. They're talking about fire. Fire. Shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. So that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Yes. Oh, man, here. Come on now. Listen, this is where. Yes. And I am being poured out as a drink offering. How, how, did, how did Paul move in these things? He considered him less than everybody else. He considered himself less than everybody else. And God poured from him in that space. He was willing to be poured out as a drink offering. He was willing to be in this world and realize that the world had nothing for him. Do you remember what he talked about? He said, I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees. I, I'm, I, if there's anybody that studied, it's me. I, I, I literally, what he's saying is, I literally memorized the first five books of the Bible verbatim. I can quote you the first five books of the Bible. He's like, if there's anybody that could be boastful, if there's anybody that could be lifted up, and you know what happened? God came and shined his light on Paul. And Paul said, Lord, Lord, I, listen, my prayer is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people as the light bearers move. And as God pours forth his spirit, would say the same thing. Lord, 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 what do you want us to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want us to do? What do you want me to do? And this Paul, who was high and lifted up at that point, persecuting Christians, okaying their death. He okayed the death of Stephen. He saw Stephen die. He was, wash, he was washing his clothes and saw Stephen die. And Stephen said the same thing that Jesus said on the cross. He said, forgive him, forgive him. Forgive him, forgive him, forgive him. He said, I see, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. That's what he's telling him. And this Paul, Paul sees this how it happened. Do you think that Paul isn't thinking about this after he gets knocked down and God reveals himself, Jesus reveals himself on Paul, and then he's spending that time in the desert? You think he's not thinking about Stephen? I think he's not thinking about Stephen and thinking about, man, that, this Stephen, he knew, he knew something. He had to have known something. He had to have known something. But that light that light yes I'm being poured out as a drink offering you can all stand on the sacrifice and service of your faith I am glad and rejoice with, rejoice with you all for the same reason you also be glad and rejoice with me how do we shine as lights in the world this passage answers it be poured out as a drink offering make yourself of no reputation be humble become a servant be without fault in a perverse and crooked generation and put others before yourself that's how the light burns that's how the light burns. Lord, we pray for this word, and we pray this, that this word be sealed. Pastor Jeff spoke of this idea of fertile ground, and these seeds will go into fertile ground. I pray these seeds will go into fertile ground, and then the enemy would not steal the seed. 
would come against the enemy, but would try to reach into the heart of his people and steal the seed. Thank you that you said you are the light of the world. You are the all-consuming fire. That in you is no darkness at all. There's no variation of shadow of turning. We thank you for that light, Lord. We pray just an increase of revelation as these days go forth. Lord, I pray for your people. I pray for the teachers in here. I pray for the prophets in here. I pray for the apostles in here. I pray for your people, that they'd be further equipped. Pastors, preachers, don't hide it. Last thing I wanna say is that light, don't hide it. Don't hide it. Don't hide it. Let it shine. Let it shine and let it shine. We thank you for this word, Lord. And the prayer people wanna come down. Thank you for this word. Let it burn in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray.